0: There's joy in every journey.
1: Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the morning rush hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag titles from these men. It's Tez, it's the Moose, illustrious
0: champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be picking
2: away. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the of the college games. They always bringing the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth.
1: It, moves. You know it, moves. Hey. Uh, it is Taz of the moose with you here on this Wednesday morning. A good hump day to one and all. Bogus sitting in for the vacationing Taz as uh, we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quick and Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Mike Pete across the way. Andrew's also got your updates to 9 a.m. Eastern time. We go. Coming up later on this hour. Uh, we're going to be joined by Mark Rogers, sports host on uh, out in Oklahoma City. Uh, talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook and the Thunder and uh, some of the other storylines in the association, Andrew. We kick off this hour. We spend a lot of hour number one talking about the All-Star Game, home run derby a little bit, uh, obviously, dominated the conversation yesterday. A couple of good nights uh, for Major League Baseball, uh, you know, having center stage and, and grabbing the bull by the horns and certainly hoping to Continue to turn over those fans and build up the popularity. You know, the one thing, though, that, you know, it was a consistent theme. And we're not talking about pace of play. We're not talking about getting in the batter's box, time of games, or anything like that, or marketing, uh, but the home run rate, right? And we heard from Verlander on Monday after he was named the starter, representing the Astros for the American League by Alex Cora, the manager of the Boston Red Sox. They'd be starting the game last night. And he started and worked the one effective inning um, in inning number one. But he was certainly critical uh, on Monday of Major League Baseball and uh, you know where the ball is, the uptick and massive uptick in home runs across the sports landscape, um, and whether or not that's good for the sports. It'll turn around. We'll get back to small ball. But right now, certainly there is an advantage to the hitters to be able to drive the ball over the fence. And talked about there being a juiced baseball. Now, Manfred pushed back on that and, you know, and said the baseball being used in 2000 said, basically there's nothing different with the baseball that they've done, you know, uh, an investigation. They've looked into it. Here was Rob Manfred yesterday on Sirius XM um, on the MLB network. Take a listen. I think that the issue with the baseballs that is really the most important one it's a handmade product with all natural materials there's going to be variation in the baseball year to year I mean that's that's just a reality Why? I think that um, we want to focus on two things number one we've tried to be absolutely transparent on the
2: ball we did a study we published the study we put it out to the press um, if there comes a point sometime in the future where we decide to make a change in the baseball, believe me, you guys will know about it first.
1: Well, and he added, and we don't have the, the, the audio to this, but saying the flaw in the logic is that the baseball is that baseball wants more home runs. If you sat in owners' meetings and listened to people on how the game is played, that is not a sentiment of owners for whom I work for. So a couple things there. Number one is, you know, he talked about the variant, the baseball, right? It changes year to year. My question would be why? How does you know? Does the football change year to year? Does a tennis ball change year to year? Does a hockey puck change year to year? How does a major league baseball then change from year to year?
2: Right, like, and is he blaming like a a guy sitting on a production line in a factory? That's my question. Like, and then he's just, he's tightening the seams too much. Like I don't, I've never, and he said he said that more than once, and I don't really understand what he means by it because. It's almost like he's blaming Todd in Alabama who's sitting there tying baseballs together.
1: Right, or wherever the production line is. Right. You're right. I I I don't understand what, then then that's something that major league baseball needs to rectify. There right. should be no variant. Or there should The and, baseball should be the same year to year. The baseball I throw in 2016 relatively speaking, you know, should be you know right on point to the baseball that I throw in
2: 2019. And and what is also nonsensical about this argument is that everyone is hitting home runs across the board in every team, in every city, in every ballpark. I mean, th- this year began at, 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 here in New York with all of these stories about why no one can hit at City Field, why City Field is one of the worst offensive stadiums in baseball, if not the worst, in terms of Hitting balls into the gap over the fence. I mean, every in every discernible way, and they've actually like tried to figure out if there's a weird wind shear. The airports are nearby. Like, there's been real science looked at it, and now the ball's flying at a city field with no trouble.
1: No, right, not Uh, even a little bit. No, right. So,
2: so, so, like, just my point. Like, so, so, it's it's across the board, which means it would have to be like one person made all baseballs. That have now gone to all stadiums in all games. It just it doesn't make sense. It's not about what like the personal variation. That's nonsense.
1: Well, and that to me, I I totally agree with you. So that's point one. And then and then point two in terms of the juice ball theory. The analytics of it is everything that Justin Verlander and other players and other pitchers for the most part have talked about. And what Verlander said on Monday is correct. You look at it. The, the home run rate is now 1.37 home runs per game across Major League Baseball. The Yankees, who hit, what, 287 home runs as a team a year ago, which set a new baseball record, right, as a team. Now, mind you, this is without Giancarlo Stanton in the lineup either. Stanton has played, like, basically nine games this year <laughs> for the Yankees. The Yankees as a team, without Stanton, are on pace to hit 322 home runs. Right,
2: and the A's have like 148 at the All-Star break right now, too. You look at, there are 54 players
1: across baseball that are on pace to hit 29 or more home runs. Think about that. I mean, think about the very fact of, we talked about the polar bear, Pete Alonzo, who's going to obliterate the rookie home run mark. Darryl Strawberry set it with 26, and Strawberry is one of the great you know,
2: preeminent young
1: power right. hitters. The, the, when he Mets got called rookie,
2: the Mets rookie mark.
1: Right, the Mets rookie mark, right? The Mets rookie mark said it a number of years ago at 26, Alonzo hit 30 in the first 90 games. He's yeah. in a home run every 10 in, you know, 10.3 at-bats, is Pete Alonso doing. You can't look at it and say that there's, you know, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit 91 home runs in three <laughs> rounds In the home run derby. Although the ball should be juiced for that. They should be throwing pebbles up there. But you know what the point that I'm making. The point I'm saying is, you know, it it is what it is. There is something different about the baseball. Then here's the other problem you have is one of two things. I was thinking about it when Manfred said it. Here's the deal. It's either you go one of two ways. Either the uh, the baseball is juiced or the players are juiced. Because I don't, I don't think you can go. I don't think you can say you know, you can't have it one way or the other. You can't say, well, the players perform because something is affecting the performance. So either rampant steroid use is back, and the drug testing policy is not working in Major League Baseball, or the baseball is off because what we're seeing
2: in terms of the home run rates in Major League Baseball is not normal. No, and it's not. It's not all one thing. Bats are better. Players are trying to hit home runs. So like it is, it is in a certain way, a perfect storm. But the ball is different. I mean, the people that, pitchers that hold baseball, that throw baseballs, that know how they're supposed to feel. And even Manfred said, like, I un, I, I'm i listening. We're listening to the players, the pitchers' complaints that the ball is, there's less grip on it and the seams are different. So, like, he's acknowledging that the balls are different. And he may be telling the truth in a very semantical, semantical way where they did not instruct Rawlings to make the ball differently. Like there, there may not have been an email that said, "Hey, do me a favor, make this smaller, tighter, whatever the you know, whatever you want." We want the right. ball to Don't go farther. Don't make the laces as they, raised. Right. Make it not, where and, it has
1: less drag. You can't get as much spin on yeah. the baseball, whatever it might be. Because I think
2: that's really what it comes down to. There might not be a paper trail to prove that somebody told them to do this, but the ball is different, and he can poo-poo it all he wants and say it's happenstance and it's you know it's handmade. But all of that the the ball is different, and it, whether it's good or bad is you know is a personal preference. I just don't like when they insult our intelligence.
1: Well, right. I, you and think that's it's good you, for
2: the game? Um, you I mean, like?
1: I mean, you're a lifelong baseball fan. Yes, you're a Met fan, right? You you know you you wear your per, you wear your blue and orange on a daily basis, right? You you love your Mets, and but you're a baseball fan on the whole, right? You love the game, of
2: course. You, you like where the game is in 2019? I, I said this. Yesterday to you, I, my bigger issue is the strikeouts. I'm okay with the home runs. I mean, especially if your team is giving up a lot, it's pretty disheartening. Um, you know, games that end up being 15-12 because guys are hitting, you know, 8 to, what is our game, of 13 home runs at one point this, this season. Um, you know, like, the, the, the upper echelon of explosion is obviously at times annoying, and there's overkill for sure. But I would prefer to find ways to somehow promote contact. I'll t- I'll take the home. I think it might be the last thing I said yesterday. I'll take home runs if you can give me more singles and doubles and triples. The strikeouts have to go down first to me, but before I concern with there being too many home runs. Well,
1: you talk about the guys also trying to hit the home run at launch angle, so therefore they're going to maybe gamble and try and hit the ball a country mile, as compared to maybe just trying to put the ball in play to and play the point that you're making. Right. You know, I don't I don't love the fact that we're having. This amount of home runs, I don't, and and I agree with you. I don't. I don't think it's just one factor. I don't think it's just the baseball. You look at the way the, you know, the bats are being made. You look at um, certainly. I think you'd have to look at performance-enhancing drugs as well. Um, I don't care what uh, Bud Selig or Manfred have to say or other you're talking about the cleanliness of the sport. I mean, I I I think it's always going to be a part of the sport when you have so much money to be made. And big time contracts to be handed out, and guys are and athletes are consistently looking for an edge uh I'm not telling you it's as rampant as it was during the maguire bond sosa years, but I don't think I don't think baseball is hundred percent clean either I mean it so can't there are be. a number of factors that go into it, but Manfred can't continue to be on that pulpit telling me. That you know, well, there there's always a variation to the baseball year in and year out. This is not what owners want. Well, then my question would be this: All right, well, then if this is not what owners want, and you did an analysis and you put out a you know 100, 150 page breakdown of why there's less drag with the baseball, then why don't you have Rawlings change the baseball <laughs> then to to lessen the home run? Right? Can you then? I'm I, I, listen. I don't make baseballs. But then there's something you can do then to change the way that the balls are being launched out of parks. Can you not?
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, if, if one of the theories, and you mentioned this yesterday, was the the thing that was the pellet. What do they call it? The thing in the, the middle. Pill, the the pill. pill in the middle. Um, off
1: center, center. I mean, there's been conflict. Like, I thought at first it was off center. Maybe it's too center. I, I, who knows?
2: Either way, you know Just re- readjust the pill. or And because... The, the, the number of balls used during a baseball season is astronomical. It will blow. I mean, you see when you watch a game, the amount of balls that are thrown out of play and just discarded. I mean, they, they blow through these things like there's no tomorrow. There's no way that all of the balls have been made and stocked for this season. So you could just call the factories and go, listen, just do, tweak this. I mean, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm assuming somewhere along the way here, uh, there is a computer involved, and there are some kind of mechanical you would process. Think so. Maybe, the, maybe there's a person at the end physically sewing the balls together. But I mean, there's a there's got to be a way where you can change a couple of gauges here and there and make the ball different well, and skew in the other direction and see if that helps things. I mean, we're pretty smart as a society. Pretty not
1: not everybody on the whole. But, I mean, for the most part, you go across the board, we're, we're a pretty smart society, right? We've got some of the brightest minds in the world, in the United States. Uh, I, think, I think if you put some scientists, some physicists, when they do a study a year ago and release it to the public, that there's less drag on the baseball. Here's my question, to Andrew. Why didn't you adjust the baseball coming into this year then? Right. Why didn't if this report as you did a year ago and Manfred was out there in Cleveland saying, Everybody can read the report, I know okay I don't need to sit there and spend three days reading a report on why there's less drag or that you can't figure out why there's less drag. I mean, you're smart. We're all not morons. No, I mean, I'm not following my. I'm not following my rear end on a day in day out basis. Uh, you know, trying to you know, uh, it, we're, we're we're pretty smart in society. Don't paint us like fools. You can, as you mentioned, you can adjust the baseball. Then, if owners don't like the home run and don't love the home run rate and don't know, wh- don't like where the baseball is and and where how the game's being played, you can make an adjustment to the
2: baseball. It's a simple fix, is it not? Yeah, and and they there's more than one, like, study in progress. They're using lasers to test the width and the height of the ball. So, all, like, we're trying, but we have no answers still. Like, that's, been, that's also been a popular refrain. Like, they're waiting for the research to come back to them, just kind of biding time here. So, again, m- all of this stuff to me... Is nonsense. Like the ball is different. Stop fighting it. Whether you purposely did it or not is is a, a different argument. But the ball is different, and it certainly seems like you want it to continue because well, you could be quickening the pace of finding out answers and then well, making no doubt. adjustments. Stop dragging your hands. Right. I mean, it, it's a very. I, I, you could go up to
1: Cooperstown, New York. I could get a baseball from 2010. I could get a baseball from 1965 in one of those you know cases. You know, they're showcasing, you know, I, I could get all that. They've got game baseballs from basically every single year. You know what? Do that. Take the dopey MLB scientists, put them in a room, uh, and figure out exactly why the ball is different. You know, change the ball. Get the home, rain run, home run rate down to where not every Tom, Dick, and Harry is hitting the ball 430 feet. When Todd Frazier... He can talk about the fact, and, and this is the one just like as you had the Mark Teixeira broken bat home run. Remember that when he was a Yankee? Yeah, and a Bryce Harper one, too. Uh, yeah, and a Bryce Harper. When Todd Frazier is hitting a one armed, one foot off balance home run earlier in this regular season at City Field, mind you, and hitting the ball about 420 feet completely off balance, Andrew, there's a problem. That's not normal. Because Todd Frazier is not that good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he's not that strong. Yeah, I could again, and I we. It's just the I'm more confused. Where I, the things that catch my attention more, are the dudes who never hit home runs. That now, like, you used to have guys in your lineup that hit. You know, Tommy Hurd drove in hundred runs for the Cardinals in the '80s without a home run. Like and there be guys in your lineup that you were lucky to get five out of. If you got a guy hitting only five home runs this year, he doesn't play. Good reference,
1: Tommy Hurr. He doesn't play. I think know, Tommy Hur, I think about that Joaquin Andujar <laughs>
2: story. I don't think I know that.
1: Oh, you gotta look it up. Google it. All right, I'll yeah you, you take <laughs> well, I, over. Mike's off. To I'm not gonna do that right now. But I don't just. But you know what? There were the there were these aberrations when we were growing up. Brady Anderson, right? Brady Anderson hit 50 home runs. You're right, Mister. Uh, you know sideburns himself for the Baltimore Orioles, right? At that day and age, you know, nine zero two one zero was the rage. Everyone mm. was wanting to look like Dylan McKay, got rest way, his soul. And... How
2: sad was that commercial last night? Yeah, for the new sad. version. I mean, the one old face. One, well, I'm going to be surgically. In. Oh, I'm gonna locked face. in. I'm gonna are you have not going to gonna be watching. I'm going to have to watch it once, but it's going to make me feel terrible. Well, no, it's not.
1: It's going to be great. No, Why were you going to feel terrible? Not, because they are all. If you
2: watch the Kardashians, you should feel terrible. I don't watch the Kardashians. I do watch some Bravo shows that you probably wouldn't agree Wait, with. Uh, Real Housewives? Uh, I've seen some of them. Not all of them. Uh, there are some I can't stand, but I do uh, enjoy a good episode of Beverly Hills. Real Housewives
1: uh, of Beverly Hills? Yeah, and
2: the New York one's pretty good. The Vanderpumps are leaving that. Are way. they really? Yes. I didn't know that. It was that. big See, announcement yesterday on people. on the pulse. More yes, than me.
1: that's it. Well, um, my my wife watches the – bear. Real high of
2: so Beverly Hills. I'm a big Below Deck fan. That's a great show on Bravo. Was on the other day. Was watching Southern that. Southern Charm is good as well. well see, Southern so, Charm's strange. There's a lot of stuff I watch that I shouldn't be watching. Um, but the, like, but 90210 is me growing up. I don't, I don't want to see all of them being bald old and out old, of shape like. Me. We all get I know, old, Andrew. We all get old. I have enough reminders of some it anyway. Don't, I don't need some to don't see
1: age as easy as well as others. Priestley but we're going to all be hanging watching. on for dear life. Now listen, that's fine. I'm going to watch 90210. There's a lot of. There's a lot of garbage that's on TV. 90210, uh, count me in. I'm going to be locked in. <laughs> I'm going to be locked in. But, yes, I did see that promo spot last night uh, during the broadcast on Fox. But for Major League Baseball, here's what it, here's what you need to know. If you're Rob Manfred, get your, get your head out of the sand. I mean, get your head on the sand and bring some we're, – we're pretty smart. We can resolve – if there's an issue, you want to try and resolve it pretty quickly. Learn from the mistakes in the past. You know, home run records are getting obliterated. Now, we went through the steroid era. Now we're going to be going through the juiced ball era For the because for the better part of two and a half years here, the home run rate is, in Major League Baseball has drastically gone up. I mean, think about it, 1.32, 1.37, I should say, home runs per game. And and I get that there's the haves and the have-nots, But something's got to change, and Manfred can't keep on going out there and denying it. And what Verlander had to say on Monday, a lot of what he had to say had a lot of truth behind it. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I'll tell you, if you were bothered by NBA stoppages late in games, guess what? More are coming. That's exactly right. A big announcement, how the game changed yesterday for the association. We'll get into that next. Mark Melusis, Andrew Bogish. It's Taz the Moose on a Wednesday morning right here, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Ah, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Bogus is in the house, in for the vacationing. Taz also has got updates throughout the course of the morning. We'll get into the adjustments for the association challenges coming for coaches in the NBA. We'll get into that next. Andrew's got your update. What's up, Bogus?
2: Moose, you and I both said yesterday how much we love player introductions. Yes. Uh, in particular, I like hearing who gets booed the loudest. Mm. Last night in Cleveland, Gary Sanchez, Chris Bryant and the Cubs also heard it from the Indians fans. Fans of Cleveland were pretty good. Uh, fun hearing them. Uh, shockingly, Cleveland has not forgotten losing the World Series to those Cubs three years ago. Not that it's any solace, but the Cubs didn't win last night. Two-run game again, and here is Gallo, and there it goes. Home run, Joey Gallo. He didn't wait around. Joe Buck on Fox, Rangers outfielder Joey Gallo greeting Giants lefty Will Smith with that solo smash in the seventh. The exit velocity, 111.5 miles per hour, the fastest ever in an All-Star game, since that was started being measured back in 2015, it was 4 1 AL at that point. The junior circuit won 4 3 when Araldis Chapman k the side for the save. The win streak is now 7 19 of the last 23 All Star games to the American League. Cleveland righty Shane Bieber, the MVP, after three K's in the fifth inning, he is the third player to win the award in his home park. The season resumes tomorrow night with the Astros and Rangers, everybody else back on the field Friday. As we're about to discuss, NBA teams are getting one challenge per game for next season. They must have a timeout left to use it, and they don't keep the challenge if they are right. You can only challenge fouls called on your team, out-of-bounds plays, and goaltending-slash-basket-interference Also approved yesterday by the NBA Board of Governors, the replay center can initiate reviews, not just the game officials. The Warriors are waiving veteran guard Sean Livingston. The soon-to-be 34-year-old wants to play for someone next season. Golden State is stretching his remaining $2 million over the next three years to stay under the luxury tax threshold. And the men's quarterfinals begin at Wimbledon, the top of the hour. Novak Djokovic and David Belfan are first on center court. Roger Federer and Kei Nishikori follow. Rafael Nadal battles American Sam Querrey on court number one later today. And I'll mention as well, the NFL and the Dolphins say they will cover all the medical expenses of Miami D-tackle Kendrick Norton, who lost his left arm in a car crash last week. Norton was to have another surgery on that arm Brutal. yesterday with two more still to come.
1: Yeah, and, and good job by the National Football League in Miami taking care of um, all of those uh, medical expenses for that young man who's, uh, unfortunately, whose NFL career came to an end um, after losing his left arm. But um, So that's, that's a good job by the National Football League in Miami. Um, and very, very sad news, and your heart certainly goes out to him as he faces uh, a long road to recovery um, I think he's, what is he, 22, 23 years of age? Yeah, brand new in the NFL, basically. Yeah, no question about it. I think it was the seventh round draft choice. Anyway, mention the National Basketball Association. So if you've been paying attention to the Summer League, and who hasn't? Uh, because the, the <laughs> action has been absolutely riveting out there in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, especially if you're a Nick fan watching R.J.
2: Barrett. I'm Woo. a big Salt Lake Review fan.
1: Yes, there you go. So, Um, you know, in the NBA G League, uh, past two seasons, it's been in place, uh, this year's summer league, the replay system, right? And Andrew just mentioned it, uh, NBA's competition committee proposed both leagues. and they earned unanimous support for the league's 30 teams. Um, the use of coaches challenge and leagues replay center, initiating replay proceedings for certain types of plays. So here you have it. Andrew gave you a little bit of it in a nutshell there in the, uh, bottom of the hour update. Teams can use one challenge per game, regardless of whether it is successful, and it can be utilized to question a variety of instances, including a cold personal foul on the coach's own team, an out of bounds call, goaltending, or basket interference. The challenge can be used at any point during the game. However, in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter or overtime, any uh, out of bounds, goaltending, or basket interference call will be automatically triggered for review. And are not challengeable. Now, to challenge a play, here's the rub. A team must, underline must, have a timeout and call one after the play. And then its coach must then signal to the referees for a challenge. Yeah, no throwing anything,
2: unfortunately. Correct.
1: If a team doesn't have a timeout and attempts to challenge a play, it will be charged a technical foul and no challenge will occur. There must be clear and conclusive visual evidence, just as you see in the other leagues, to overturn a call. So here's what it comes down to. I mean, late games, under two minutes, everything's going to the replay center. But if you had happened to, say, burn your timeouts, and happened to be outside that two-minute mark, Andrew, and you want to challenge a call, you can't challenge
2: it. Well, you're talking to a guy that um, I like getting things right, so I'm okay with all of these different things. Um, The only thing I don't like about... The NBA system, I think you should keep your challenge if you get it right. What they announced yesterday. I think if you get it right, because the other guys, the officials got it wrong, you should keep your challenge. Um, But I'm, this is, I wish they were throwing things too, by the way. There's no flag. There's no bag. That beam might be bag. a little bit dangerous. I think Guys run up a little... and down
1: the court on a hard court. You give
2: the twirl of the finger in order to replay it. But I actually saw a G League game in person last year, and, I, and they they have a weird. They do a little hand gesture to say we want you to check that. Yeah, the twirl of the finger. Yeah, they give you that, and then you have to go look at it.
1: Now um, it doesn't bother you if you don't have a timeout. You can't challenge. Well,
2: I mean, I, I think that doesn't bother you. I, I Then get... you need a timeout in your
1: pocket now. More often than not, guys don't use all their timeouts.
2: Right, but I was gonna say, I believe this past season was the first where the NBA again they cut your timeouts. Remember that's because what Nick Nurse had that weird explanation of why he called right. the momentum timeouts was to use it or lose it. Right, so like they've they've already taken timeouts away from you to try and hasten things. So, um, you know, it's a it's a little bit of strategy. But yeah, I, I see your point. Like in my logic of. The call should be right, and you should keep it if you get it right. Because the if, why should you lose your challenge because the officials messed up? Well, then how I, many challenges in your mind, Andrew, should a team well, have? That's that. There's that's the rub. Like I, I no, I think you should give me one. But if I keep getting it right, I should keep it. Like if you, if the officials make eight wrong calls, like I should be able to have eight challenges. Like I want the the date. Like I want things to be right. Like All right. Like they but push comes to shove, I want calls right. I don't believe in human error, and the game needs it. And it's sweet and romantic. No, 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 no. I want calls to be correct. Now
1: let me play devil's advocate a little bit. What about the game here and the pace of the game?
2: Well, this, the same
1: thing. The rhythm to a game. It does, If we go on, if we play your your, you know, say if a coach keeps, continues to get in bad night for the officials. He keeps on getting calls right. I mean, there will be no rhythm to that basketball game.
2: Then don't mess up calls.
1: Uh, I mean, but you know, I don't, I don't know if I need, I don't know if I need everything to be perfect and every right call to be made. I mean, I, I, I do think there are gate calls in the first half of a game, early on in the third quarter, that you know it might be a wrong call, but you can overcome it as a team. That I don't need to see a a two minute, two and a half minute stoppage here in order to get maybe a personal foul call. And for the second to third personal foul call, correct.
2: I don't. I don't know if no, I, I need I, to see that. I I, I totally understand that. If, like if you, that'd be like,
1: frustrating to watch as an NBA fan.
2: I, I I would agree that the NBA, you know, football. A call in the first quarter could change the game. I, I think you know. Obviously, if you're ch- challenging an out of bounds call in the first quarter, it's very unlikely that it's going to affect the game. Baseball too. I mean, you should, you could win a game one nothing. So in the first inning. You need to challenge a call, even in the first thing of the All Star game, like yesterday. Uh, like you should challenge a game early, a call early, because it does change everything. If you wanted to tell me, like maybe we could do this only in the second half because there's less time for the for teams to adjust, I, that would make a little sense to me. But I still like anything you're going to throw at me, I'm going to come back with. I want the calls to be right, and like that to me is the no. That, is the end that's game fair. here.
1: I'll tell you this: if if and I'm sure there'll be someone that tracks it. And thinking about it, yesterday when this news came down. I think the majority of challenges by coaches, unless it's a foul call on a star player that goes from like, say, three to four, right? Early on, say, third quarter. Aside from that, I think most of the challenges are going to go from the six minute mark to the two minute mark of the fourth quarter. Yes. I think that's when I don't think you're going to have anything challenged in the first half. I think it's going to be from that six- or five-minute mark to the two-minute war- to the two minute mark of that fourth quarter. I think that's when the majority of the challenge will happen. Now, it's going to drive the NBA fan crazy because you're going to look at another stoppage, and then once you get past that two-minute mark, then you're going to have the replay center reviewing everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Then,
1: then you're looking at the rhythm of the game even being more bothered. I'm not telling you it's going to happen on a nightly basis because it doesn't happen, but imagine watching a
2: playoff game yeah, where well- you have some pivotal calls late. What I need is the once the review starts, I could use more streamlining, and that's true for everybody. Football, baseball. I mean, a lot of times in baseball, by the time the umpires get to the headset, the dudes back in Seacocke should have already made their decision. So you throw your headset on, you go, he's safe, and he headset off. Like every review in baseball ends up with them standing there. Well, I don't disagree and, that and the calls and, are and done, and, and, and that doesn't work. No, and basketball too. Like you get there, you look at it. Then you, you know, then they switch guys, so the third person can look at it, streamline that, make the reviews quicker. So if there are more reviews, we're still not adding that much extra time to the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I, I don't – and and that's fine. But, Andrew, we've talked about streamlining in Major League Baseball and they've yet to do it, right? So you have the replay guy step onto the field. You have the two umpires put the headsets on that look like it's from 1972 <laughs> or it's a Belotti senior special. And they're staring there, staring into dead air as they're being told what the replay tells them. As we've watched the replay about 30 times on your regional sports network and know what the right call is, and then finally they get around to making the call – and it's a you know it's a long three four maybe even at times four and a half five minute process that's a problem that's something that you can't you don't want to have affect the nBA I don't disagree with the Andrew. I want things to be right I want the right team to win I want the right calls to be made I right. want guys to do their job properly I don't disagree with any of that, but I also want to enjoy watching my games too I don't want to be sitting there waiting for the game to then and getting a stop-and-start feel to a basketball game. I don't know if that's necessarily good for the NBA.
2: Yeah, I I hear you. And and there are times where the game, the end of games, just sucks. And the NBA knows it because they have adjusted their timeout protocol, but then they throw this in there as well. I I do think the safety net, you hit on it a second ago, because there are so many plays in the NBA – whatever the percentage might be, I I bet they will have the fewest coaches challenges used of anybody, because like you said, there's only going to be a handful of times very early in the game where you're going to think it's warranted to use your challenge. You're going to save it into the fourth quarter for that critical out of bounds call there seems to be a strange rash of missed goaltending calls in the NBA. I don't know why all of a sudden that's been a hard thing to to figure out for officials. So you're gonna save it and hold on to it and then you maybe never have to use it. So I don't know that this is this guarantees more stoppages and more, you know, up and down and sitting down and more timeouts. Football certainly continues to put itself in, in things being even choppier. I don't know that this hurts basketball that much. I just I hope that they get them done. As fast as possible when they actually have to use the system.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be I, I, it's gonna be fascinating. Um, are they still gonna have the same green light that they have in the summer league? Is that what it's? going to be? I haven't be? seen the green. I, I honestly and I you haven't normally... seen like the green like kind of looks like. Uh... It almost looks well. It's a green police light,
2: right? No, I, I. And then the
1: board lights up green when there's a
2: challenge from from the replay center, like when they're no, not the replay it?
1: center. I'm talking about a coach's
2: challenge. Well, I, I just I normally would have seen – They had seen, to hit a button, right? I oh, that'd be good. I want Popovich to slam a button on the scores. Yeah, that's at what some we point. need to see from Pop. But I, I normally would have seen Summer League games right now because at the very least, it's something live in the afternoon when I'm home. But I, I have not even thought to put it on yet. Yeah, you haven't missed much. I'm sure I have I, I mean, no concerned. one's playing, right? Isn't that another thing that Silver complained well, about yesterday yeah, is that right. I so mean, many guys are sitting out this summer?
1: Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not a great product. It's terrible. A buddy of mine who's a huge Nick fan texted me last night. He goes, man, uh, Randall better be basically like Carl Malone because this
2: team stinks. <laughs> I mean, there's there's how many actual Knicks on the Summer League team right now? Uh, there's like 80. And I saw somebody yesterday. How about, how about the how about the Bullock
1: story? How about the fact that uh, we got to get to break here. We'll get into that. No, but no, how no. about he the The two-year $21 million deal, they're they're renegotiating the deal because they don't know if he's fit enough. Yeah, do we, do we know what's wrong with him? I I took it as him being fat. Or is it a knee injury? Mike, did, how did you take that story? I don't know. I, I, I did I, more of what you, the lines of along the lines of what you were saying with the body issue. Yeah, they said they don't know if he's fit enough to play in 2019, 2020. I mean, I, I don't like I. I don't think there's a significant knee injury. I could be wrong, well, but what? I mean. Wouldn't they say that in the body of the story? They talked about his
2: fist, his fitness. Well, the, the odd thing to me was the agent like thanked the Knicks for their understanding in this situation as if there was something real going on that they like didn't know about. And, like, I, I have no, and they maybe, asked, like, I mean, hey... I mean,
1: listen, hopefully I'm not making the light of a, a bad situation. would we didn't just
2: say get in shape if you thought he was fat in July. like I don't it's know. not yet. Maybe he doesn't want gym. to
1: stop eating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. Maybe the agent hasn't seen Reggie Bullock in three months showed up and was like, oh, my God, you look like Mark Henry. Bilotti got the joke. Yes, I did. Yeah, there you go. That's for you, Pete. Thank Uh, you. A wrestling reference with Taz being out. Mark Rogers, a sports host. WWLS in Oklahoma City will join us next. Taz Moose, bogus in the house, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right here on this Wednesday morning. Let's talk a little Thunder basketball, shall we? Mark Rogers joins us now, sports host on WWLS out in Oak City. Hey, Mark, it's Mark Melusis, Andrew Bogish with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning. We certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, Mark, uh, give us the feel of the Thunder fan right now with the, the dealing off of Paul George, the to a lesser extent, training of Jeremy Grant, and then uh, right now facing the uncertain future with Russell Westbrook.
3: I don't think I've sensed the, the fans being as frustrated in quite a long time as they were at the end of the season. Uh, I think when they acquired Paul George, they thought they were going to compete for the Western Conference Championship or at least be there uh, possibly with Golden State, and it just hasn't worked. Um, they've been bounced from the first round. Uh, each of the last couple of seasons. And so I think that there was initial shock with the dealing of Paul George. But since then, I think people have kind of come to grips with the fact that this is the NBA. If you're a small market, you have to rebuild. Uh, and sometimes the only way you can rebuild is to just to accumulate picks and try to go through the draft. So uh, I, I think, again, people had higher expectations for this team, but it just hasn't developed.
2: Mark, was there any inkling of, of any real issues between Russ and Paul George that would have led to Paul being eager to get out of OKC so quickly?
3: No, and I, I really think that it happened so fast. And you know all the talk about the Kawhi Leonard Free Agency was confusion. You had people following him back to Toronto with the helicopters, and, and no one really knew what was going on. And I think that was the case here, that no one knew uh, that there was any chance that Paul George would go to the, the Clippers. We did dig up a soundbite from media day from a year ago where he had talked about Kawhi Leonard and he had become better friends with Kawhi. And um, one of the reasons he just didn't go home, the timing wasn't right for him. And uh, and so it was kind of a cryptic message at that time, but really no one had any idea that, that, that uh, Paul George would be anywhere but Oklahoma city next season.
1: You know, Mark, now it's, it's the, the rush here and, and you know, everyone believes you believe Westbrook's going to get dealt here sooner rather than later, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Give us a little feel about Westbrook, the player, because there's a perception of Westbrook outside of Oklahoma city. And maybe that perception is differently on that team within Oak city. What's your, you know, what's your impression of Westbrook, the player,
3: Well, he is a polarizing player. I mean, he's a topic of sports radio in Oklahoma city every day. I mean, in the summer, um, He's not a ball movement guy. He's a ball dominant guy. Um, he takes questionable shots. He plays hard every night. Um, I, I think if you really look at him under a microscope, he's going to switch uh, and la- allow the big man, Stephen Adams, or whoever's on his team, to to kind of flail away outside on a on a guard. That happened a lot in the playoff series to, to Portland. Dame got hot because Adams was switched out on him a little bit, and then by the end of the series, Adams couldn't play. He was on the bench, um, and so exciting player, great player, um, maybe losing a step right now at this age. And so I think the perception of Oklahoma City is a little bit the perception around the rest of the league is is about the same.
1: What about him? I'm sorry. What about him as a teammate here, Mark?
3: I think he's a great teammate. I don't think think he's a guy that's a bad teammate. I think that he comes across as as, uh, a little surly to the media, but that's not the way that he is to his teammate. I think if you run into him at Oklahoma City and he's not – you know, in that competitive mode, he's a super guy. He's great with philanthropy. Um, so I don't think he's a bad teammate. I, I would I would believe what Paul George said about him as a teammate. Sometimes on the floor, though, he's a little bit difficult to deal with, as some other superstars are in the NBA. It's not like he's the only guy that's tough to – that's kind of selfish in, in a certain way uh, for himself.
2: Is there any reason to think, Mark, that as he's getting older and he now – you know, maybe he's – Probably changing teams here. He senses that he's obviously closer to the end and the beginning of his career. That he might soften the way he is on the court to make wherever he ends up going, you know, make himself a better teammate on the court.
3: I think that's a good question. The only thing that I noticed a little bit last year is, is his finishing at the rim. His dunks are down. Uh, his free throw percentage is down a little bit. And you know, he's not the type. He's not a James Harden type of guy that's going to try to draw a foul when he goes into the lane. He's going to try to finish, um, no matter how acrobatic it might be. But he's got to do better with his free throw percentage. I think he's got to become a little bit more creative the older that he gets because he's not going to fly down the, the lane and throw down on somebody at 32, 33 years old.
1: You know, Mark, uh, you know, we we're discussing you know possible destinations for Westbrook yesterday right here, Andrew and myself were. um question I have for you is this. Uh, Presti, um, what Westbrook has provided for that franchise is Preston going to do everything he can to put Westbrook in the situation he wants to be in, or is Preston going to do what he feels is best for the organization?
3: I think he's going to do everything he can to help to help Russell get into a good situation. I really think that Miami offers a little bit for both. Uh, they can dump some contracts and get him back. I think the Knicks would be a, it would be a destination that Russell might be interested in and in playing in New York City since he's played in such a small market uh, his entire career, but there just aren't that many options out there. For example, I don't think they're going to send him to Detroit for Reggie Jackson. I mean, that's one deal that might work in terms of salary. He's in the last year of his contract. Um, I think that they'll be cognizant of Russell's Russell's feelings. If he has to play in Oklahoma City next season, I I think that that's a possibility. I know that he can't be moved to certain teams. Say The Knicks. possibility would be maybe a trade in December, which is very odd in the NBA because if you know he's going to go someplace, there's two months of – kind of being in limbo there is not good for anybody. So I, I think they'll try to do what's best for Russell.
2: Mark, I, I guess you know the silver lining of the Paul George trade is all of these first-round picks coming back. We were discussing this more off the year yesterday than on it, but it, we're, I'm almost prepared to go, oh, that's all they got for Russ because the contract makes him so hard to move, so there's limited places where he can go. Are, are you expecting a significant return for him, or is the point of this deal just getting rid of his contract at this point?
3: I think the point of the deal is, and the reason why Russell I don't think will bring that much is, is when he's 35 years old, someone's going to pay him 47 <laughs> million billion. Right. I mean, that's insane. So, and, and I think all the leverage that they had for Paul George included the fact that the Clippers knew, hey, we're going to get Kawhi with us too if we can pull the trigger on this deal. So, no, Paul, uh, the, the, the comeback for Russell Westbrook is going to be shockingly the opposite way. I mean, it'll be expiring contracts, uh, possibly a pick in there. Uh, so, you know, who knows? But in the Thunder's mind, they're going to get their first-round pick back next season if it's not in the top 20, or if it is in the top 20 from Philadelphia. So it behooves them to lose, uh, and I think you'll see them next season. It'll be pretty much tanking mode for Oklahoma City.
1: Final one, Mark, here. We have about a minute left. Do Thunder fans still think back of what might have been with Westbrook, Durant, and Harden?
3: every day man hey, and I don't know hey, I have to tell people all the time what would it
1: look like if Russell Westbrook and James Harden played on the same team I mean that
3: it wouldn't be the way that it is now that you see it but uh I they definitely made a mistake and and kind of playing hardball with James Harden they 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 should have given him the maximum they could and and then try to figure it out after that and you know, Kevin Durant, is still upset about that. Yeah,
1: Definitely. I can imagine. I can imagine. And now going into a different atmosphere, whenever he gets traded, uh, you know that era comes to an end. It's going to be certainly Presti rebuild mode to see if he can build it back up again. Hey, Mark, we appreciate the time here and getting us up early on this Wednesday morning. All the best and continued success. We'll chat again soon, all right? All right. Thank you, guys. You got it. Mark Rogers, uh, sports host on WWLS out in Oklahoma City, giving you a feel about the Thunder. and i also talked to you. you know, Westbrook, good teammate. Difficult to play with at times because he's kind of set in his ways, but also said he thinks Preston Oak City will try
2: and do everything they can to put him in the right situation. But it's not going to be a lot. I and mean, no. it's just, it's not going the way things go, they're going to get back what they can and hope for the best with whatever that is.
1: Come back, Andrew and myself. We got the three for you. The three big headlines on this Wednesday morning.
0: CBS Sports Radio.